Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring June 8th, 1977, at a little arena known as Winterland, uh, located in beautiful San Francisco, California. I'm your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-host, Fig. Knob is once again away on assignment. Fig, how you doing this week, friend? Very well, my friend. Very well, very well. How you doing? Oh, I am doing well. Um, even though this Channel 6 kind of opens up on a little bit of a somber note this week. Sure. Um, we I mean, had... Do you want to talk about our place? Is that how Is that the somber note? No, I was going to go into Sinead O'Connor. Um... <laughs> um so um I, I guess we should mention it just because it is uh it, it is music news um today uh july 26 uh we have lost Sinead o'connor yeah. who was an incredibly popular i believe irish musician yes um and how this doesn't really tie into our podcast at all uh however um one of our favorites also lost his life um, on this date back in 1991, a man that we affectionately refer to as King. King Brent. Uh, King Brent Midland, unfortunately, uh, passed away on this date, July 26th, um, 1999, uh, 1990, rather. Um, and we just wanted to speak about his life briefly uh before we dive into uh our 1977 witcherland show uh and truthfully um if i would not have discovered brent midland i probably would not be on the bus wow <laughs> currently um so are you saying that you heard the dead you know w w like like your first four into the dead was without brent and then so, hearing brent shows is what got you more into it my first dip in the toe sure. was Studio Dead. Um, okay. I had a coworker who loved Studio Dead. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and I was like, okay, like it was like it was whatever, like so just whatever, <laughs> I guess, right? Um, and I used to try to find background music to listen to while playing League of Legends, which is a computer game. Mm. So I was like, okay, my buddy Andy likes the Grateful Dead. I know they have a massive catalog. GDRadio.net. So I started oh. listening to GDRadio.net. Uh, and even then, it's still like nothing really grabbed me until sure. I went searching on YouTube and I searched for Grateful Dead and the famed video titled Brent Midland takes us to church mm. was um was among the search results and it was Brent's performance of Blow Away from oh, wow. the Philadelphia um nineteen eighty nine I believe um seven seven eighty nine is the exact date of that show. Um 
And that performance absolutely blew me away, blew me out of the water. I'm like, who is this person? And why is he the greatest thing I've ever seen on stage? <laughs> um, and truly, at that point, it was can, like... Can you answer that question, even at this point? No. Like, can, can you put your finger on it? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> and to be honest with you, like, I know The Grateful Dead is... I don't want to say it's it's Jerry and Bobby and Phil and like it's them and they're like the figureheads, right? But for me at the time, it was the Brent show. Mm. Like the inter like uh, like the interactions between Jerry and Brent. Yeah. Like I loved seeing Jerry smile, but shit, I love seeing Brent stare at him at with crazy eyes, just you know, playing, you know, playing, <laughs> trying the to get him to smile. Yeah, yeah. Um, like like working Jerry. Yeah, like, making Jerry. Yeah, and and now, granted, I'm very, I always say new with my fandom because I'm not, but compared to others, I'm a baby. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Every I'd, day, I feel like there's a new facet to this fandom that I have absolutely no idea about. Oh yeah, I I I went into a rabbit hole that we'll, we'll I won't talk about on this show the other day, and I was like, damn. Well, um, I'll just I'll just um, you know, do a throwback to our show with Zach Nugent, where um, you know, he and Nob were rapping about uh, Jerry's guitars, and that was a whole facet of the dead that. Oh yeah, is a is a huge aspect. Um, you know, I, I'm a fan of of Jerry's tone, and I think he has you know excellent um, you know an excellent ear for tone and and for pedal effects and you know just clearly his playing. But like you know, just the history of his guitar work and stuff. You know, uh, yeah, just for example, like that's another aspect of Grateful Dead fandom that I have absolutely no idea that I'm a new yeah newbie to. So that's cool. Um. You would you, you and and even now you can watch videos of Jerry, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, he looks very happy when he's playing with JGB, or yeah. he's doing something non-dead related, right? But then, like the eighties come, and Brent's on stage, and then he starts having fun. Yeah, he's smiling. He's now, is that all Brent? Probably not. But son of a bitch. <laughs> they 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 would play so well yeah. off of each other and give each other such uh back and forth that it was just like wasn't the same when 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 Brent passed. Um I always say like um late nineties, you know, nineties stitches isn't for me and it's it's literally it's it's that. It's right. like it's it's uh Jerry doesn't have that connection with Vince Wilnick or right. Bruce Hornsby or well, it just seems like you know, like I don't know. Brent had a way of turning the sound or like incorporating himself into the sound or or even like having the band evolve with him. And I feel like the Vince experiment it was more of a hired gun kind of situation. It was like here's how you're going to play it and you know, good luck. Um, you know, not not to um, give short shrift to um, Vince's uh, contributions to the band, but I never felt like it was like a cohesive, organic, you know, 
product that was coming out of the band at that point. But with Brent, I mean, you know, he comes in. The the band needed a keyboardist after uh, Keith leaves, and he's you know he he's sticking around for what eleven years, um, and he's the longest serving uh, keyboardist of of the band. He you know is able to add you know famously his B three Hammond organ you know that just kind of makes everything sizzle and pop. And I've always talked about how how much I love his use of synthesizers, his use of the tone wheel. You know, he just adds all these elements and like not to mention his singing, right? Like, have you ever heard a singer with that distinctive of a voice? Like no. this this high gravelly well well hold on. This high gravelly voice, right? But who also can blend that high gravelly voice into a high harmony. Right? Like like how special of a musician is that? to do that you know like like that's a voice that should be on, on their own and and you know um you know you know out, out in the forefront but his harmonies are incredible too and and and, and it just makes the band something some something different because he's able to do that because he's an incredible musician and it always bummed me out when i found out that he felt like an outsider sure or or he felt like people didn't accept him uh, right, and there was a post. He was with the band for eleven years, feeling that. Yeah, way. eleven. Can you imagine that? And I mean, there that's was a long time. And there was a picture of um, a concert where someone had a sign, and it was directed towards Brent. To I forget exactly what it said, but Phil was lighting the sign on fire, hmm. and and wow, that's an awesome gesture from Phil. Oh, right, like. It had to make Brent feel like, like, like for real, like people bring signs now that they don't want me to like, you know, do what I do. And I don't know. It's just that part sucks when it's like he made everything so, so good. So good. Um, right. Since not, not to, I, I guess to, to pull things up from the sadness, um, some special Brent moments. Mm-hmm. Um, seven four eighty nine. Um, Staggerly. Um, Brent literally only has like one line of harmony, but it's awesome. Yeah. That's worth checking out. Of course, the seven seven eighty nine blow away. Um, that's literally always a staple of mm-hmm. any. Um, stream I do <laughs> normally. Um, end of just my life. Um, also, the Ico Ico from that show is also incredible with Brent. Um, also, any uh, Dear Mr. Fantasy um, or Hey Jude uh, with Brent was phenomenal. Um, yeah, hard to believe that's been so many years without him and we're still talking about him just you know like yesterday but yeah um rest yeah. in peace king brent and we will miss you forever any uh any final words from you good sir um i'm trying to figure out i mean like you know brent and 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 his keyboard work was a big part of what got me on the bus and um also got helped me get a friend of mine uh who may or may not listen to the podcast, uh, Andy onto the bus. 
And what I'm talking about is there is a secret track on Dick's Picks 13, I believe. Yeah, and and this is from um, not Dick's Picks 13, but their secret tracks are from 11 November 1st, 1979, and it's a Scarlet Fire. It's about a 40 minute mm, Scarlet Fire, and and the work, the keyboard work that. Brent does in the um, you know we rate our Scarlet Fire and like rate the Scarlet, rate the Fire, rate the Jam, right? The mm-hmm. keyboard work that Brent does in that jam, and it's like a long jam. It's probably the longest jam that I've heard with Scarlet Fire. It's just some absolutely incredible stuff. Just like synthesizers, keys. He was doing it all. He sounded just like almost like an orchestra. Um. And it was kind of the first time, and, and and interestingly, I've never really heard that from him again. And I think part of the reason I do this um, this project is is to kind of recapture that um, because it was that good. And I recommend everybody listen to it. Um, it's it's a secret track on Dick's Picks Thirteen. It's right after the uh, Saint of Circumstance. There's like a there's like a fade out, and then we go back into Scarlet. And then, um, you know, the Scarlet's great, the Fire's great, but this jam, it's its pure Brent and it's pure genius. I've never heard anything like it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's a tribute to this band's uh, musicianship. So I'm glad we get to talk about Brent today. Uh, even though we are talking about another highlight of um, of the Grateful Dead's uh, career in, 1977, in, in spring 1977 uh, for our weekly show. Speaking of that, let's yeah. move let's move right on to our main event for this week, which is June eighth, nineteen seventy seven, the Winterland Arena in San Francisco, California. Um, since we are currently novelists, I want to go ahead and read over the complete show, um, and then Nah Fig, I will let you give you your complete thoughts. Then I will give my thoughts. Then we'll wrap sure. up this bad boy for the evening. So, okay. June 8th, 1977, consisted of set one, opening up with New Minglewood Blues, Into Sugary, then we got Mexicala Blues, Row Jimmy, Passenger, Sunrise, Brown-Eyed Women, It's All Over Now, jack Lazy Lightning, Supplication. Then set two opened up with Bertha, Good Lovin', Ramble on Rose, we got Estimated Profit into Eyes of the World, Drums, The Other One, Wharf Rat, Not Fade Away, Going Down the Road Feeling Bad, and an Encore, actually, um, rather, uh, Going Down the Road Feeling Bad into Johnny Be Good with an Encore of Broke Down Palace, which I actually don't have written on my handwritten list and don't think I actually listened to on the <laughs> recording. So I have no notes on that one. Um, Fig, what were your thoughts on 6877? Well, spoiler, spoiler alert, I don't have thoughts on Brookdown Palace because um, we uh, were recording a, a bit early in the week this week, so I just didn't have too much time to uh, listen to this whole show. But I will say that where, whereas the last show we talked about, the 78 show, um, you know, one of its... You know, detractions was the it was only it was an odd only. This is a Betty board, and we get a Hunter Siemens Matrix to boot. 
So if you're on the archive, definitely check out the Hunter Tricks, the Hunter Siemens Matrix. It's pretty phenomenal. Uh, what I was doing is um, the archive lets you now go like use Winamp. I don't know if you have you ever seen that that you can uh, you use Relisten, right? Um, I use Relisten on my phone, but I am familiar with the Winamp skin on Archive itself. Right. So it's a skin, but it's also got some EQ functionality to it, and so. I usually will boost the highs and I'll boost the lows and I'll make a little scoop there with the uh, EQ. And it sounds phenomenal. I mean, it sounds absolutely phenomenal. And you get the best of, you know, the soundboard, you get a clear recording and you get the best of the odd where you get to hear, uh, you know, crowd reaction and, and you know, echo and, and, and hear how things were in the crowd. And, and this was absolutely a beautiful, as, you know, June, um, sorry, yeah, June 77, spring 77, summer 77 really was. So, and the other thing I'll say about this show is everything was played really well, but the big songs were played extremely well. And I'll try to highlight what those big songs were. Uh, so we start off with New, New Mingle Blues. Uh, for those who are familiar with Cornell, I thought this was a very similar um, style of Cornell, just high energy. Um, things start really cooking with uh, Keith's solo. And then... Um, for some reason, the rhythm devils decided to change up the rhythm, which was kind of interesting after Keith Solo, or maybe even during Keith Solo. Uh, the next song is Sugaree, and this is a 20-minute Sugaree. And it's such an amazing showcase of Jerry's playing because there's not much going on besides Jerry's playing. I mean, to make it 20 minutes, it's literally, take it away, Jerry, and he does. And it's interesting, and it's beautiful. I wrote it's slow and sultry. It's almost like a Jerry Garcia band version of Sugary. Um, really well done stuff and, and just beautifully played. 20 minutes. So Sugary fans would, would love that. Max Kelly Blues actually has a disco beat, which is interesting. I mean, it's a sign of the times. I don't mind it. I think it's kind of cool. Um, but then at the same time, Bob asked everybody to polka <laughs> during the mm -hmm. kind of like hoedown section. Uh, but then for the verse, it goes back to a disco beat, you know, such as the times. We get to Road Jimmy. This is another one of those um, big showcases. A lovely version. Uh, virtuosic slide guitar playing by Jerry. Um, just absolutely fantastic stuff. I can't wait to listen to it again. Passenger was a good rocking version. Passenger is not one that I really rate too highly, but this was just like a good rocker. And again, it was kind of cool to see picture myself in the crowd just, you know, after Road Jimmy, which is kind of you know, slow and kind of sad to hear Passenger just rocking out. I think that's kind of cool. So sunrise happens which is you know donna at her proggy best and jerry kind of just you know playing to 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 uh you know throwing in some awesome jerry licks this is a good version but i've heard better versions of that song we get into uh, brown eyed women and this was a really good version nothing really too notable um a lot of you know pretty uh pretty quick jerry licks on this one Oliver now was a good straightforward rocker. Jack Rowe actually has a syncopated reggae type tone, which was interesting for this one. Uh, the real highlight of the first set here was <clears throat> Lazy Lightning Supplication. I'm looking forward, game, to see what you have to say about this one, because this I thought was actually fantastic. I wrote it was boppy. I'd like to know what Knob has to say about that, whether uh, Knob thinks it's zippy. Um, but the jam between Lazy Lightning and the Supplication was just, it was disorienting in the most awesome way just jerry and the band just everything was going around and around swirling swirling and and we get this cowbell probably from mickey super high in the mix just going crazy 
And supplication is just absolutely phenomenal with Donna and Bob just screaming their hearts out and just it's high energy shit is what I wrote and it's mm. really good. Um, I'm gonna finish up because I only have kind of like a truncated little set two here. Bertha was uh, decent though a bit scattered and loose. And then Good Lovin', just like the '78 uh, show, I thought it was just peak dead. It's just a dead at what they do best. It's an awesome feel, awesome rhythm to it. Um, Bobby singing his heart out, everyone having fun. Really, I love what they do with Good, with good Lovin' at this uh, stage of their career. Ramon Rose was okay, a little slow, a little lopy there. Uh, Estimated Profit, I thought was a middling version of that. Uh, Eyes of the World, Sublime. This is another showcase song. Gotta listen to Eyes of the World. Jerry with uh, such inventive and interesting playing. His voice was gruff on this one. It was almost like raspy, uh, but it sounded great. Like it was. It wasn't like when he gets raspy in the '80s, where it's like, uh, "Would you like a lost life, my friend?" It's like it just sounded really good. And I'll just repeat the set. We get into drums. The other one, uh, Wharf Rat, not fade away. Going down the road, feeling bad. Johnny be good. Broke down palace. Check them out. I'm sure they're amazing. I don't have much to say about it, so I'm going to kick it over to my good friend, the game. I quite literally have nothing negative to say about this show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, my Here are my notes, and I'm just going to read them literally as verbatim. Uh, New Minglewood Blues. Wow. The sound yeah. quality is stellar. Good energy in the opener. Sugary, excellent. Mexicala Blues. Everybody polka. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Row Jimmy. Good. Passenger. Donna. Um, oh, no. Sunrise, okay. Uh, Brown Eyed Women, good. It's all over now, good. Jack O'Rourke, excellent. Uh, Lazy Lightning, supplication, wonderful. Uh, Bertha, great. Good Lovin', excellent. Ramble on Rose, good. Estimated, great. Eyes of the World, whoa. Drums, good. Other one, whoa. Wharf Rat, whoa. <laughs> Not Whoa. fade away. Whoa. Whoa. Going down the road, feeling bad. Whoa. Whoa. Johnny, be good. Great. Uh, great. And then I just realized we had a broke down palace <laughs> that I didn't listen to. So that's probably great as well. Um, I literally cannot say enough good about this show. Um, yeah. quite, I mean, quite, I mean the, the highs were high and everything else was pretty high as well. My my lowest low of this show would be Sunrise. Yeah, it was not that great. It wasn't that great, but still, cool song. Not I mean, all that bad. <laughs> so it's yeah. like it, it's know. something different. It's something completely different. I mean, I love that they did it. I mean, um, it's part of what makes it, this band great, right? Does this show make you a Book of the Dead? You know, I'm gonna say it does. Same. Yes. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. It was. It was awesome. There's, like I said, when the only bad is sunrise. Shit. I'll take that any day of the week. Um. Yeah. Now we don't have to vote which set because no. it's the whole show. Yeah. So fans, Enjoy please it. stick around for the complete show of six eight seventy seven. Once we wrap up. Um. And as far as show MVP. Uh, mine is real easy this week. It's Jerry. Um, it seemed like he just was. Um, I don't want to say the others had mm -hmm. a rough mm -hmm. night or anything, but he was never off. He yeah. was on the whole night, even with the raspy yeah. voice. He was just. Yeah. He was on. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. 
If I could go with Brent, I would for the uh, initial part of the show. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, Brent uh, was uh, doing his own thing in, in 77. So I'm going to go with Jerry. Yeah, I mean, again, this show was a fantastic show. And the the, the show stoppers, the, the real big songs like Sugary, Road Jimmy, um, Lazy Lightning, Eyes of the World. Uh, those were all big Jerry vehicles. And I'm going to have to give it to the J guy. Oh, we do have one Reddit comment from our friend Cabonis. Um, yes. And since last episode, I read a few solilo- soliloquies. Uh, I will pass this one over to you, Fig. You can go ahead and read this one. Okay. I'm, I'm going to read it like Knob. So, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, folks, we've all heard plenty of fantastic boards from 77. True. So if you're wondering which source to choose, I'd suggest that you treat yourself to the hunter's tricks for this one. I agree. It's an outstanding matrix and gives you that feeling of being there. Because obviously the home crown goes nuts, and deservedly so. What they're talking about, this is Winterland. Uh, in 77, it was still around. Um, after a fantastic spring tour, these tour, these shows are equally good, if not better. I often hear the next night, June 9th, mentioned in conversations for the best show of the year, which is saying something for 77. I think it really comes down to what songs you prefer. If you love Eyes of the World, you might opt for this night. I would say if you love uh, Lazy Lightning Supplication. I mean, that was so cool. And Kibonis uh, continues and concludes, It's always crazy to wonder what if, because it was not even two weeks later that Mickey was in a car accident that would shatter his shoulder and render him unable to play, leading to the cancellation of the 77 Summer Tour. And again, amazing context. I mean, I, I, I know that there was something that happened there. Um, that kind of derailed 77 and yeah, Mickey was in a car accident and he couldn't play. So the band had to stop. Um, man, but yeah, what, what if, right? Like what if they could continue on and get through into, I mean, they, they, they played in the fall and winter of 77 as well, but man, what if, what if Jerry didn't get, uh, laryngitis, uh, in beginning of, of, uh, 78 when his voice just kind of, changed completely but there's a lot of what ifs with this band i agree yeah i'm i'm done i i i agree um yeah it does just think if he wouldn't have got sick or mickey wouldn't have got that accident like you wonder i mean you could they could have without mickey you probably could continue with the band Oh but yeah, that's yeah. Not my, I mean, that's not my call. No, I mean, I'll make that my call. I mean, <laughs> I I don't want to sound like I'm. I mean, if if you're denying the world of more seventy-seven dead, then yeah, go ahead. And we'll, make that call, right? we'll let's let's end on this hot take, and then we'll we'll wrap up. Sure. Okay. You take Mickey Hart out of the Grateful Dead in nineteen seventy-seven, and throw any nondescript drummer in there. Would you even notice? Well, uh, uh, I mean, but you don't need uh, a you don't need a second drummer. What you no. need is is Mickey Hart, right? Like, I mean, he does something. He's a percussionist, right? He does something a little different. Um, however, if it was just like if you went back to the you know kind of seventy two lineup or you know before, when when Mickey wasn't there, um, you know. I don't think you're subtracting so much that denying the world of more 77 would be worse. If that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. It does make sense. I would rather, I mean, 77 is my favorite year of the dead and, and I would rather have more 77 any day of the week than 
quibble about it, whether they have two numbers versus one huh. drummer. Um, but I don't think you could slot anybody else in there now. Let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping for this show and wrap on up for the evening. Um, next week we are featuring. Ooh, we're going. Yeah. We're going to the King Brent days. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, September twenty third, nineteen eighty eight. Madison Square Garden, New York, New York. Uh, this was a Friday night show. MSG. Uh, so I'm already thinking, just based on it being a Friday night in MSG, this is probably going to be a good show. Yeah. Um, nothing really jumps out at me on the set list right now. I like now. that foolish, victim foolish heart. I think could be really cool. Um, oh, yes, I see that now in sets. I will take you home. I mean, I guess that's the... Most sentimental of Brent shows, which is what we deserve after eulogizing him today. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to listen to the show just cry next week when that comes on. Huh? <laughs> um, like your lighter. Where'd you the get whole, that thing, man? For the entire, for the entire duration. Nothing <laughs> yeah. uh, down, bro. Uh, why? You're in your house by yourself. You're your house. <laughs> you have a lighter. My dog's just like, is dad really losing it? What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no, it looks. And, and it ends with U.S. Blues. Again. So we can compare 10 years apart U.S. Blues from 78 from our last week's show to our 88 show. So quite interesting. Um, all right, let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up for the evening. As yeah. always, as always, please smash that subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your podcasts and Grateful Dead loving friends and family. You may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, if you happen to use a service that loosely rhymes with the inventor of McDonald's is Ray Crockify, you will not find us on that service. However, you will find us on any other service where podcasts are downloaded. If you like to access your podcast the old-fashioned way, which is directly through the web, you may find us at Help on the Way Pod. Dot podbean.com you may also email us at help on the way pod at gmail.com and as always you can communicate with us on reddit at reddit.com slash r slash grateful dead good friend fig do you have any parting words for the evening no enjoy the twofer enjoy the whole siemens uh hunter siemens uh, matrix uh, yes enjoy that it. will be the um version that is included uh, will be the Matrix of six eight uh, of June eighth, nineteen seventy seven, uh, and thank you once again for listening to the Help on the Way podcast. <laughs>
And it looks like the old man's getting
We're going to take a short break, and you can too.
Jimmy Cole 
Sad. 